trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table Again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people Working on important issues Here in Columbus and all around Ohio I'm Carolyn Harding And today I'm talking with Joe Motil And Adrian Hood Mayor and City Council candidates running for the people's vote in Columbus, Ohio, on November 7, 2023. Mayoral candidate Joe Motil was born the seventh of 11 children and grew up in Clintonville, Ohio. He graduated from Bishop Watterson High School, attended Youngstown State University, where he played college basketball, and in his 20s, aspired to be a professional jazz musician. Married for 37 years, he raised two children while working in the commercial construction industry as a union laborer of Local 423 for 24 years and worked as a construction safety professional before retiring. Since 1995, Joe ran for city council and state representative and has been active in citizen-driven ballot initiatives on voting rights, tax levies, and development projects that negatively impacted the environment. He fights structural racism and advocates for our unsheltered, for police reform and community policing, for historic preservation, for creating affordable housing, parkland protection, and for strengthening public education through his long-standing fight against the city's tax abatement policy. Columbus City Council candidate Adrian Hood was born in Columbus and raised in the Linden area. She has dedicated her life service to God, family, community, and country. She is the mother of three and a grandmother to four. She is running for Columbus City Council District 4 to advocate for equitable public safety, quality mental health care, affordable housing, and public education. She graduated from Independence High School in Columbus, the University of Phoenix, with a bachelor's in criminal justice administration, and she completed her master's in human services at Liberty University. Ms. Hood retired from the U.S. Air Force in 2020 as a master sergeant and has used these leadership skills to serve in her church and on the boards of local grassroots organizations. She is passionate about the changes that we need to make in Columbus, which will protect everyone, regardless of their zip code. You've both been active in the Columbus justice community for years. You both are running on issues you have profound commitment to, and you're both Democrats running against incumbent and possibly endorsed Democrats on the November 7, 2023 Columbus, Ohio ballot. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Thanks, Carolyn. Appreciate it. Thank you. We have a lot to cover. Are you ready? Yep. Yes. All right. Joe Motil for Columbus Mayor. Why you? Why now? Well, as you know, I've been involved with city government and basically just about every department at City Hall over the last 40 years. And I've served on various commissions, sanctioned commissions for the city. And as you said, different ballot initiatives and things of that nature. And having run for office since 1995, I mean, this is just pretty much a natural progression. And in terms of watching what has happened here in the city over the last I'd say at least the last 15 to 20 years, and especially since Mayor, uh, Ginther's been appointed basically as mayor of Columbus uh, seven years ago, I just see that there's so much more that needs to be done. We're just not moving in the right direction. Uh, there continues to be problems. This affordable housing crisis has been staring him in the face ever for seven years now. 
this wasn't something that just all of a sudden happened. And just in the last few years, they've actually started to move a little bit on it. But still, it's just getting worse. It's not getting better. Uh, a lot of things that are, and I'll talk some more about the affordable housing crisis. But again, uh, there's just too much going on. And it's too much pro about profit over people, corporate Columbus, the developers that run the city, control city policy, where our infrastructure tax dollars are being spent, not in the neighborhoods, but in downtown Columbus, the short north, Sire Peninsula and everywhere else where corporate Columbus and the developers are building to protect their invest investments and enha enhance them as well. So we have to start protecting the investments of the people that live in the neighborhoods. And again, you know, there's, uh, as you stated, public education is such an important issue that's not being addressed, especially when you're taking away millions and millions of dollars from Columbus City Schools in terms of tax abate. Okay, we'll get there, Joe. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. Adrian, why you? Why now? Well, Carol, um, I have always been one uh, to work in the community. Um, I have a heart for people. And even though I came into this space um, in an unfortunate way by losing my son, it just made me realize even more um, how important it is for us to have um, voices from the communities that actually are engaged and involved um, in the communities be represented in, in city council um, and our local government. So I just think it is important for us to have a true genuine voice um, that is not afraid to say no when it is necessary and is not afraid to champion for the people. Uh, because that is what elected officials are supposed to do. I think um, anymore we have uh, gotten it mixed up that uh, in, in, in believing that elected officials hold all of the power and, and it's not that way. It, it, it is not, that is not the truth. And we need to ride on what is true. We work for the community. That's what an elected official is supposed to do. And that is what I intend to do. The reason that I chose now is because we are going to a whole new system, kind of, <laughs> with uh, adding two uh, additional seats to city council um, and districts. And so I just thought that, you know, if, if there was going to be a time for me to do it, the time would be now um, with the changes that are taking place. And so um, I'm looking forward to serving the community. Okay, let's go on. What are your top three priorities for Columbus, Ohio? Let's start with you, Adrian. Yeah, so um, obviously public safety will stay. Um, that will be something that is near and dear to me um, forever, right? Um, but when I say public safety, I'm not only talking about police accountability. I am talking about our community as a whole and what safety looks like um, for our community. Um, it does not and it will not just end with policing. We cannot police ourselves out of the problems that we are facing in Columbus. There are layers to why the things are happening in the community. And so public safety will, again, be near and dear to me. Um, public education, uh, I feel, is another part of public safety right? The earlier we are able to engage and empower and educate our young people, the more opportunity we put before them to prevent the types of behavior that we are seeing manifest 
in our communities. And then as Mr. Joe said, affordable housing. Um, affordable housing is a human right. It should not be because you make X amount of dollars that you can stay here. And if you don't, then you just figure it out. So we absolutely have to do uh, more in that area um, to get families in safe, clean environment. And um, so those are those are some of my tops. Thank you. How about you, Joe? Well, as most people in the city know, crime prevention, community policing, police reform, uh, that's, if not the at the top of the list and affordable housing as well and infrastructure improvements in our neighborhoods and our business corridors that surround those urban neighborhoods as well. And again, crime prevention, police, uh, community policing and police reform. Uh, it's gotten worse across across the United States and just about every metropolitan area. And a lot of cities throughout Columbus, large uh, Philadelphia, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, they voted out mayoral uh, incumbents out of office because of the situation that's arisen. And, they're, and they want to see real true change. And as, as uh, Ms. Hood indicated, until we properly address the underlying problems of education, structural racism, health care, child care, and, and infrastructure improvements in our neighborhoods, uh, we're not going to address crime prevention because the only way you're going to address that is to make our children employable to get them jobs and so that so that they can work their way out of poverty and not just, uh, you know, resort to crime and the neighborhoods, you know, if they're living in a neighborhood like some of the a lot of the neighborhoods we have in Columbus and they're walking around looking at, you know, boarded up homes and 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 just trash everywhere and that nobody cares about it how do you think they're going to feel mm -hmm. so we have to improve infrastructure and not just the infrastructure like i said earlier for corporate columbus and their downtown short north areas and other areas around the city of columbus so affordable housing i presented a 12-point policy that i have currently about how to address affordable housing it is on my website jomotil.com and it's extensive and the difference between mine and my and I, my opponent is that I actually present ideas with revenue to build affordable housing and to help people to, to afford affordable housing. So that is lacking right now. I have access to the same bond package that he does, uh, $200 million, which is they have earmarked $80 million towards affordable housing. Uh, so I have that, but I've also been requesting that the hotel motel income tax revenue that goes towards affordable housing trust fund be increased from 8.43% to 25%. ARP funds be used. I have an empty homes tax ballot uh, issue that I'd like to address, use as well to provide funding for affordable housing. Uh, there's a, other ways to do it. I want the Columbus Partnership to finally become a partner in this city and create their own affordable housing trust fund. I want them to match American Rescue Plan dollars from the city and county at $60 million each. So there's a lot that can be done that's not being done. You just can't say, okay, we're going to tax abate our way out of affordable housing uh, and put set aside units out there for market rate housing that aren't even required and also zoning reform is fine. And then the affordable housing and then the uh, bond package. Those are the three things that currently the mayor is using in terms of addressing affordable housing, which is not gonna get us anywhere. Okay, so affordable housing, we're really diving into it right now. Adrian, what's your take on affordable housing? <laughs> right now, um, I, you know, I was just looking at some information um, yesterday and 
we have a we have a, a large number um, of members of our community that are spending um, 50% or more, right? Um, on, on just their living, their housing expenses. And these are members of our community that have children. And so to put um, our members in a position to where they have to decide whether they're going to eat or have shelter is, is unacceptable. I have looked, uh, I've actually talked to uh, Mr. Motel on many occasions um, about um, his plan and um, Jonathan Beard um, is working on um, a ballot initiative as well uh, around affordable housing. And I absolutely um, support what is being done because it's necessary, right? Um, we hear our local government say often that Columbus is, you know, a city of opportunities. Um, and my question is always opportunities for who? And how are we making the opportunities um, more accessible to more members of our community? So um, definitely looking forward to um, learning um, a lot more um, about affordable housing. Even as I think about my own personal life and at, at one point in time when all three of my children were younger and me having to figure out how I'm going to pay these bills and take care of my children. It, it, that's a very unfortunate and it's a very, um, it's a depressing place to be when you have to think about that. Am I going to have enough money to pay, you know, to take care of my kids and provide the shelter that they absolutely deserve. So I look forward to, um, you know, looking at the policy and continuing to create policy um, that is beneficial to uh, the majority of our community and not just the selected few. Just real quick, Carolyn, just today yeah. a story came out said Columbus ranks near bottom in percentage of home ownership for black families. WOSU wrote, wrote this this article about it, it came out today. And th that's a perfect example of what's been going on and how bad the situation's gotten in Columbus, the second most economically segregated city in, the, in America, yeah. and, and under the current leadership of our city council and mayor, and this, and the, at every election year, all it's gonna get better, all I've got these great plans, you know, it just, it's, it's always, it's nothing but hype, slogans and empty promises. Right now, there is a ballot initiative being circulated in Ohio for women's reproductive rights, and we have to get enough signatures by uh, July 5. I see that you are both faith-based folk. You come from backgrounds um, with faith-based. What is your take on uh, women's reproductive rights and uh, women having the right to choose about their um, bodily functions? Start with you, Joe. Yeah, I've always been pro-choice, and and I actually signed the, the original petition just to get it started and uh, went up to Westerville to Mindy Hall's garage to go sign it. And and also, uh, you know, I'm very supportive of it. I know it's going to be tough. I think they have to get, oh, I think it's 400 and some thousand signatures. So they're shooting for about 750,000, uh, you know, to cover the bad ones. And it's going to be quite an effort. And let's hope that the state legislature doesn't uh, uh, shoot it down with the supermajority crap that they're trying to pull off and that that doesn't happen. But yeah, I've always, I've always been pro-choice. Okay. How about you, Adrian? Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely am, I'm, I'm pro-choice in the sense of um, allowing a woman to have the right to choose. 
me personally, I don't care for abortion. Um, and I speak from a personal, uh, from my own personal experience. And I know the heaviness and the burden and the mental and emotional um, struggles that I have myself, right? But I also absolutely believe that that is a decision that we have to make for ourselves and for our situation. And for that to be taken away is, there's so many, there's so many dangerous things that can come out of, of, of that right being taken away. There's so many more lives that could be at stake from that right being taken away, you know, and, and I hear often, you know, um, when it comes to the pro-life argument, you know, and whatnot, it's like, are we really talking about pro-life or are we talking about pro-birth? Because everything that the child needs in order to have a life that is sustainable, pro-life people don't want to have that conversation, nor do they want to support. And so that's always my question when that when this comes up. Are you pro-life or are you just pro-birth? What do we do for the children once they are here? And that, again, is something that should be, that is between that woman their family and their God or their higher power when, when they, you know, when they make that decision. Um, again, for me, I speak from personal experience. So that's why I'm able to, to stand where I do with it. But I absolutely do not think that that right should be taken away from any woman that finds herself in a position where she has to make a, a life changing, a forever a forever choice, right? They will remember that for the rest of their life. And they have to walk with that decision. But for that decision to be taken away from them, I don't think that that's acceptable. All right. Thank you so much. In that same vein, there is a touted um, ballot initiative that wants to make it more difficult for people to pass statewide ballot initiatives, 60%, they want to make it the threshold from 50% to 60%. Now in Columbus, you can also, we have um, local control. So Columbus can do constitutional amendments for the city of Columbus. I was involved in Columbus Community Bill of Rights, which would give citizens the right to protect our water from fracking. And the city council would not put it on the ballot for the Columbus voters to vote on it. How do you feel about citizen-led ballot initiatives for the city of Columbus? Let's start with you, Joe. Well, as you know, I've been kind of involved with a few of them myself over the years, and it's it's difficult to do. And we all know that just the gathering of signatures to prepare the document itself, to present it to the city attorney's office, uh, they'll look it over and say, well, you need to change this, you need to change that. And in the meantime, you're losing time in terms of trying to get signatures. Uh, it's a grassroots effort, which is difficult. The number of signatures is, is usually pretty difficult to get as well. Uh, I think it's based on the percentage of the previous general election, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, again, it's it's it, it's very discouraging. And uh, myself and and as you know, several of us went down to speak at the Charter Review Commission hearings uh, last year about that as one of the topics, and really just barely got you know anything that was helpful towards making it more democratic passed. 
I think they 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 added one one of our proposals to it, which was to extend the time limit to ten extra days or and then something else. But it was very minimal, and it just continues to be difficult. Difficult, and the fact that the city, I mean, they can put anything on the ballot they want. And again, that's the other problem. Why can't the citizens of Columbus do it? I mean, it's fine that, for instance, the city attorney wants to fight, uh, you know, the gun laws uh, in the state. And but how about, uh, you know, for home rule? We have home rule. So how about fighting uh, other issues and using home rule as as your defense? And that, you know, like minimum wage. I mean, I several years ago, I was about that. I said, you know what? It's time that you fight the home rule exemption on minimum wage. Why can't Columbus have its own minimum wage? There's there's all kinds of things. This our ballot initiative that Ms. Hood spoke of earlier with John Beard, you know, rent control. The state found out that we were doing this and they passed legislation to stop it. Well, why doesn't the city attorney fight that? You know, there's That's- all kinds of things they could be fighting in terms of home rule, but they want to just pick and choose the things that they want to pick and choose because to be honest with you, the gun control is going to be very difficult to to uh to get through that Columbus is trying to do and so uh and they know that but it was to me part of it was is is honest about what they're trying to do but I also think part of it was just uh campaign media that okay and Adrian how do you feel about uh, the um power of the people with ballot initiatives in the city of Columbus as a, a councilwoman how will you deal with that so I'm there to speak for the people right and so it absolutely should be, um, just like Mr. Um, Motil just said, like the city, our elected officials, they decide what and when um, something is going to, you know, go on the, go on, on the ballot. And when we come down as a community collectively and have conversations um, around the things that we want to see, we should absolutely have the same, the same power. Right. And when that when that's not happening, it is our responsibility as a community to take a look at who told us no. And then what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We have to continue to replace the seats. Right. I'm not naive in thinking that, you know, my I'm going to go in and I'm going to be the one person that's going to make all these kinds of changes you know, and whatnot, I'm going to be the first of many to replace seats. Let's talk about the new ward uh, system in Columbus. A lot of people are calling them fake wards. Are they going to make any help? Are they going to help represent the people of Columbus? Adrian? Um, As it currently is, the answer is no. And the reason I say that is, as far as the districts are concerned, the districts was only necessary for me to get on the ballot. I am actually running in a citywide race now. I have to get the support from the entire city, not just my district, right? And so that is something I feel still needs to be adjusted in this this new district thing that we're doing. You know, and what's what's even more interesting is that I believe uh, Mr. Motel can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was in 2018 when we had um, issue one on the ballot to have actual districts. Again, Jonathan Beard, this was something that he he and many of us collected signatures, you know, to get this on the ballot. And then 
there was a lot of money spent to defeat that issue, right? And 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 so now we have this version of what what the what the citizens of Columbus really wanted, they got on the ballot. That's what the citizens of Columbus wanted. The signatures were collected and did the work to get on the ballot. And then this version is what we got. So there's still work to be done, you know, with uh, with these districts. But right now, um, as it stands, it is it is district only for getting on the ballot. Other than that, it's still I mean, in essence, it's still an at large race. I have two minutes for both of you left. So I want you to put in, um, I'm going to give you two minutes real quick, and I want you to tell the Columbus voters what you'll do for Columbus. And let's start. And it's like Ms. Hood said, I'm representing the people. My campaign is about a mayor of the people and for the people. And for too long, corporate interests, developers have run this city and the big money, law firms, you know, zoning attorneys and such. And if this doesn't change, nothing's going to change. The Columbus Partnership and, and all the, the major players in town, they control city policy. It's time that we take back city policy and let the people decide on what happens in this town. I mean, this is really about an election of people over profit and special interests. And it's and it's uh, it's this is a fight for the soul of Columbus. It honestly is. And if if we don't stop this machine, it's not going to get any better. It's always going to be about economic growth, economic development and fattening the bank accounts of certain people and their businesses and corporations. We have to do something to change things. And we cannot continue to allow this machine to control our city and the big money interests that do. And I, and as people know, I've been very outspoken and fighting the machine for years. And uh, I'm independent minded, but I'm going to work and talk to all people and listen to everybody's concerns. But regardless, my interests are with the people first. All right. Thank you. Adrian. The power is with the people. <laughs> The power is with the people. People have asked, you know, why I'm here. You know, why am I running? And I'm running because our families deserve it. Every single one of our families deserve it. And we cannot, I will not sit by and just complain about what is happening and not be willing to put, in essence, my body on the line in order for these changes to take place in Columbus. I had no idea about many of the things that I have learned since my son's death about our city, right? I had no idea. But now that I know, when you know better, you have to do better. And so this is a part of me doing better, taking the voice of the community into the walls of City Hall, and fighting for what we all deserve. I think that it is necessary. I think that the time is now. And if and, and like Mr. Joe said, if we don't begin to take back our power, understanding that we are the ones with the power, it is not our elected officials. It is the members of the city of Columbus that have the power. And so I want to be the voice of those members of the city of Columbus in those walls at City Hall. I think we need another interview, maybe in a, in a month or two and see where okay. you're at, okay? Yeah. I think we have more to cover. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So here's to the people and the planet we depend on. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Carolyn. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. For the next few weeks, while we're moving our radio tower, you can stream Grassroot Ohio on Fridays at 5 p.m. at www.wgrn.org and on Sundays at 2 p.m. at www.wcrsfm.org. And when we're up and running, WGRN's new ID will be 91.9 FM. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.